<laughs> Past tense. Stop talking oh, about it. Love me. That's In a okay. world where AJ frequents your shoot site, it's no longer your, your shoot, shoot site. site. It's Caesar's shoot site. It's you Caesar's shoot site. The <laughs> this is AJ's world. We just live in it. Hey, <laughs> I don't talk like that. I'm excuse me. Excuse I'm me. I don't know if you know this, but this would go a lot faster if you just hold that DB25K when your left hand and then plug it in with your right hand. Unless, of course, you're left handed, then feel free to do it however you're doing it right there. I don't remember that conversation. You're really going to have to throw me on that one. That's right. Because I think you just took it wrong. You, you blocked it out. So I think what happened 100%. It's my shoot site. Yeah, it was Jamie's shoot site in one of our shows. <laughs> I'm just going to stop giving advice to people. Thank no. you. Well, you need to give advice. Just give, the people, give people advice on this podcast. And then when we go to a shoot site, just go give advice to somebody else. <laughs> I don't need any. <laughs> you admitted once that my advice was actually a good advice. So. It depends on which the, which advice it was. And but chances, I mean, you know, almost. depending on how you play your cards, I might even publicly say that, but you'll probably never be around when I say it out loud. But I do say, to me. say nice things about you when you're not around. I just... I don't believe you. He does. <laughs> he, does. <laughs> he does. I told um, who was it? I was. It was uh, Michelle. Jim's. Jim's Michelle. Last year, she's like, oh man, she's like, AJ's so good. And I was like, yeah. I was like, he's the best designer I know. And then I immediately realized what I said, and I was like, do not tell him I said that. <laughs> do not anyway, tell so. him I said that. <laughs> Welcome to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. We're Prozy, AJ, and Jamie. Ignite your passion for pyromusical show design while testing the very limits of your capacity for stupid. Oh, Tommy didn't close that. There we go. You closed that. I didn't close it. Oh, I wish the other part was could be heard in this. What other part? The mean mug headbang part coming up right here. No, that's at the end. Do you ever listen to the end of the podcast or are you the douche nozzle that turns it no, off? I listen. I, said I, it right I was talking about right now. I wanted to hear it. Someone's like, you're not going to see it right now. Like, oh, here it comes in. Mean mug headbang. Is that you, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> I want the whole world. I want it now, daddy. <laughs> I want a golden goose. <laughs> Welcome to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. I'm Bo. That's AJ. What's going on? <laughs> and that's Jamie. Yep. I'm sorry. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. The next one. I got something really good. I saw, for some one. reason, I saw Jamie. <laughs> Giving them, but I want it now, kind of like whole look. Because <laughs> I could see Jamie doing it. You deliver it with well, going on my bozy balls. Uh, we are hobbyist and semi professional pyro show designers, uh, and we just love pyro musicals. Uh, product. Uh, yeah, that's right. This podcast. Why did I say product? <laughs> 
I have way too many beers before this one. We're never recording this late ever again. It's not late. It's early. This podcast is a place where we can get together and talk shop, talk art, and share tips, tricks, and insights and news with you. And someday I will get through that. Well, <laughs> you did do it well. Way better than Thank I would have done it. That's for definite sure. <laughs> See, that was okay. proper English right there. <laughs> for definite sure. Definite sure. For definite sure. <laughs> That's one o'clock your time, two o'clock my time. Same Way too late. So we do for you people out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, okay. This, uh, this episode, AJ picked the topic on this one. So AJ, I'm going to let you unpack it. Oh man, I don't don't know how, I'm not as good at speaking as you, but I'll try. All right. So I thought this one would be about product prep and the different ways to prep your product to control your product during a show. Uh, What do you mean? I'm getting there. Give me a (laughs) second. I don't have the quit thinking like Bo does. (laughs) I don't, well, after five episodes though, he, he's kind of the guy that, He's taken it. He's taken it upon himself to go. Hey, what do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, I know that's good though. Which it is. It is because everybody else out there is like, "What does he mean exactly?" What does that mean? <laughs> this guy's stupid. Why does he talk in this show? So it, I just thought it would be something that we could talk about with other people who are trying to advance their ways in prepping their product or are finding faster ways to prep their product for their shows. Uh, you know, instead of being all over the place, like. I'm sure I I did it. Everybody's done it. They're like a little here, a little there. Having your own assembly line, pretty much, to even if it's just you doing it, you know, doing something rep- repetitively, constantly, and and something like that. It's it's easier to figure something out or to become more efficient in your shows. So at a, so at a high level, really, the processes and procedures, or how to establish the processes and procedures for getting product from, you know, the point in which you pick it up and you have it at the you know facility or your shoot site or wherever you work open product. If you bought it retail or a slew of cases, if you bought it wholesale through to how you prep it in what specific order, do you prep it, why you prep it that way and how it ends up on the field. But really, I guess the minutia of the prep, the who, I got to You got to define minutia for me because I'm minutia like like the little just the little stuff. Life's little <laughs> things, mm. you know, like um, the order in which the order in which you do things to make your life easier, right? I mean, for example, the less you have to touch any one given piece of product for your show, that is creating an efficiency, right? Absolutely. So if you can develop a workflow from the point in which you have your product on site or on a table or around or wherever, whether you're developing, you know, using your guys to create an assembly line, you know, everybody's got a job. Or even if it's just solo, just yourself, you know I mean? That's, that's the other key. Cause not a lot of people just have crews and sometimes that's true. it's just yep. one person. Jamie. That's true. If you have, I, okay, I, I guess I'll I'll start with I'll start with my workflow. We show up with the trailer, park the trailer, and we have a tiny little four or five by eight or four by eight trailer, and we keep the product there in, in there as long as we can because when we're at the lake, 
we don't have a ton of room. We got a two car garage in which we can work. Um, yeah, it's a two, well, it's a two car with that second car's worth of car taken up by like, you know, old hoses and door jams and running boards from the 1970s because, Bo, we got to keep that. Dad's going to want to use that somewhere. Mm -hmm. So we have very little space, right? We set up canopies and tents and things like that to have additional space to work. And we use the traditional workflow where everything goes on boards and then stacked. And then that way you create more space for yourself. But that product comes out of the box typically because the labels are printed in finale by product ID. We'll hunt down the case in a specific order. You know, I'll usually start with single shots because it's, it tends to be the highest workload. And then we have a specific place that we store finished racks when they're done. So, you know, we find it, I guess the philosophy is more or less always been figure out how to get through the heavy lifting stuff quickly when you have the bodies available to do that. Right. So, you know, we'll pull single shots, throw labels on it, just completely go through the list. Cause that tends to annihilate, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the product list as you go pulling labels for single shots. So we'll have one guy label product, then pass it off to the next guy who's going to be matching it. And then, you know, at that point, it's a matter of, you know, we got little boxes or stations set out where, you know, if we had the space, I think the year that you guys came out, we physically, you know, tried to knock all that stuff out in at least a, a day or, you know, a little over a day where we set up as many tables and boards as we could lay the racks out. We skipped that step where, where I would normally take the stuff and put it into like a box and then just label it for a position to throw it in the rack and land it later. But I labeled Jamie matched. And then, you know, you guys, I think you guys took turns just taking stuff out to racks and then throwing them in the racks. And then that was, pretty much the entirety of the one, the one shot workflow, but that's typically where I'll start. So I'll start mainly just on cakes because like what you just said is single shots as a workload on it too. But I tear a lot of cakes apart to make single shots out of them, you know, single tubes of cakes to do stuff with. So I have to have those pre prep before I even start my single shots because they have to be, you know, ready to go. Cause we all know taking cakes apart is time consuming. Mm -hmm. So I always start with the cakes first. So that way uh, I can rip them apart, have, you know, the, the amount of cakes that I, I'm going to have. If I have five cakes and I'm ripping them completely apart, I rip them completely apart, separate them, have them ready to go and then continue finishing my cakes. And then I'll start on my single shot. So it's weird. Single shots for me is always the last thing to do. It's I guess opposite for the both of us. Mm -hmm. but again it's mainly because it and i guess it depends if i'm not doing any cakes single shots then i will just start with single shots i guess because it is usually yeah, yeah. and i workload. when jamie and i did uh bruce's show um you know we we didn't necessarily have a ton of single shots so we we tore some of that uh Casabella wizard stuff apart that, you know, that very first container that they got in last we? year. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> good job, buddy. Oh, we tore Done. stuff out to your uh, late show <laughs> in 21. Yeah. Well, it, right. And it was those, those Nishikis. I can't remember exactly what little 200 gram cake it was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but like that was tearing stuff down to the individual insert. That's something that 
normally I tend to, I tend to try to shy away from that. And that's only because the pro line availability most years, if it's okay and up, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like I want to knock on wood saying stuff like that because I don't really want to deal with that situation again. But, um, yeah, I think prior to serenity junior, I I think for the most part pro line has always been readily available enough to where, you know, I want to try to make my workflow easier on me and my crew at the lake. So that's why I would elect to not go to that depth. Really the, the extent of the depth that I would go to for a lake show, for example, would be poor man slices and pulling the row fuse on angle cakes um, to get that added control from those. But like pulling stuff down to minutia, I think knowing that I had you and Jamie there, I'm like, okay, this is, this is cool. I got guys here that know, know that workflow and yeah. that I trust to do that work. So it was totally something that was like, okay, cool. This is, it's just a, it's another option. Another thing I have available. If it was just a year, it was like just, you know, me and Nick, and even though Nick does a phenomenal job, if it was just a year, it was like me and Nick and maybe like one cousin for like one additional day, forget it. There ain't no way I would add that to my already, you know, arm's length of uh list things to do yeah we got done with that show pretty quick yep yeah, <laughs> yeah we had plenty of time, time. So you, you, knew you had time. plenty of time to do <laughs> when you uh when you're like okay bo just flew his drone into the tree and we just lost an entire half a day shooting <laughs> tennis balls and shit at it to try to get and it out of errors. a 90 foot tree yep. that was the best memory i think it was memory. it's it like the, the entire had. show that the entire show was awesome but uh, you're right i mean we had such a freaking blast <laughs> shooting the uh the t-shirt cannon at the the damn tree to and try we, to get the drone we out. Won. We got the drone. That's right. We got it out. It's yeah. broken right now, but it, we got it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I landed on a tarp that we had gently placed uh-huh. on the water to catch it. <laughs> Shit. Oh my God. Jamie, where do you do that? <laughs> my dad was like and he you remember, he didn't want to give anybody else a shot right he would lay down and well, no, he just remember, he shot roman candles at it first remember yo god <laughs> yeah <laughs> forget about that $900 drone in a tree and he's shooting fireworks at it and for whatever Stop reason I about it. yeah <laughs> I was okay with it and yeah this doesn't sound like reality <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, where do you start, dude? Uh, I'm uh, I, I'm uh, a mixture of you and AJ. So yes, I uh, I start tearing apart my cakes. So when I get to a point where I've scripted a show and I'm like, I like this cake, but I I like the individual effect of it. So I go through all my cakes and pull out all the single shots. I will punch them, poke them, get them ready for matching, and I'll, I'll separate them all in them all on my positions. I'll tear cakes apart down the slices, separate that slice, uh, poke it, get it ready, and have everything ready to go to be matched when it comes to cakes. Once I've done that, I start working on my single shots and my racks, matching them angling them and actually going ahead and punching them down. And then I get to my cakes and I actually punch those down on boards, put them on my slats. 
Um, but I, I, I individually tear apart those cakes and have them all ready. So they're separated in each position that they're supposed to be and ready to receive a match and not have to have multiple steps when I'm ready to match. When I'm matching, that's all I want to do. I don't want to have to sit there and try to find a piece of product or where does it go? That's all ready to go. It's done. Right. You made up a really good point there too that I didn't think about explaining as well is where Bo's, his setup is, it's the week of where you and me have the advantage of setting up prior. So we could, you know, right. Usually you and me are done like, um, on a good year, our, our products punched. It's got a piece of tape over it marked where the match is going to go labeled and everything. And it's sitting there for a month until it's, it's, you know, the week of the show. And then we start matching everything. Right. So that, that was a good idea. I didn't even think about mentioning, you know, poking yeah. and, and setting up, you know, taping off the holes and, and marking them. So yeah. we knew where Basically, to do it. Basically, I'll pull all my product that I need from my show from my product list. And then I'll start on my cakes. That's the first thing I do, especially when I've started separating cakes into rows and slices and, and, and individual shots. I'm like, no, I need to pull this out because it's got to go in position F1 and the other rest of the cake's got to go in C2. I will individually tear apart every single cake so it's ready to be labeled, poke, get it taped, poked, ready to go just so I can just shove a match in it. And then I go through and label it all. And then when, it, when it's about a week before showtime, I will go ahead and get everything matched and ready to go, set in the racks, cake boards ready to go, set up in my trailer to haul it out in the field and drop it out in the field. Do you do uh, that? Um, so do you do like the, uh, like, the, like you're, you're labeling once you, once you've determined, you know, intra your design, you know, like obviously to create an allocation where you're like, okay, I'm going to take this cake and tear it apart and, and use it as singles. You've more or less already made that allocation in both your mind and in your script. Are you waiting until you, the scripting and your design is completely 100% done? Because you guys do that before, I'm, I'm almost curious. Like, Do you just know that, okay... I'm for sure, no matter what, going to use this and you know, then tear it apart and use it as single shots, even if I'm not totally done with the design yet. Or are you guys in a state where the design's totally completely finished, and you know, you've got you know, you're not locking cues on the timeline just to make sure that like cues don't change when you do that. So, like, I guess where does that fall in that grand scheme of the timeline? Oh. This the whole show's done, and then before I even get into that, but but I do actually like cakes. None of us here shoot whole cakes. I don't, I don't remember the last time you shot a whole cake. Probably it's been forever years. Dad's but, show. Well, <laughs> I said you. <laughs> Your shows, okay. <laughs> you know, so as I start getting products, especially cakes that you know I'm going to slice up. I got them pre-poked already. Like they're, they're already ready to go for rows. I just got to throw mat or throw a. Okay. Well, that's actually, that's okay. That's kind of cool. So, you know, you know, when you buy it, like they, that's yeah, how I'm, it's going to be used a hundred percent. So you're prepping it. And then how do you keep that? How do you keep your inventory straight on that? I mean, obviously I guess you're still using it in the, con in the confines of that one physical piece, right? You're still saying to yourself, okay, you know, I'm, I'm using a cut above. So I've got what five rows available to me. So 
six. It's six rows. Six. Yeah, but whatever. Same difference. Yeah. 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 Okay. I usually so you- have my product, like I have an inventory list, know what I have. But when I script in a show, by let's say I have a PFX 5438 MN, I know that four rows of those are single shots of a beautiful three layer mine. I know that I can use a slice or I can use a single shots and that I know that the last row is an instant mine. I could break that down or I can use it as an instant mine um, all all together at once. Right. So when I'm scripting the show, I know what I have on hand. I know what each cake provides and I will put in finale, for instance, I have a note section. I will make notes in my scripting so I know what's specifically happening. I'm using the instant all f- six shots at once in a, in a mine, in a slice, you know, instant mine, you know, all f- all on the same time. Or am I using individual shots? And I know that, okay, I've got 25 shots in this cake and I have four cakes. So I have, what's the math on that? A hundred? Um, yeah, simple math was shots. never my thing. Exactly. It's getting late. But actually, um, you know what? Hold on a second. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you right there because I, I got a, I have a burning question for you, buddy. Yeah. So if I picked a, if I picked a cake, for example, where, you know, the whole thing was single shots that I could potentially use it as single shots, you know, I would wind up pulling the entire thing apart. But have you guys ever used a cake in the example that you used on the three layer mines, Dominator's three, three layer mine cake. Have you ever used that in that instance, the example that you provided where you pulled it apart physically? I mean, you know, deconstructed it, um, its structural integrity, but kept that final row intact. And then if you did, how did you ensure that it was safely discharged when you used it on the field. Do you mean, mean like discharged? Oh, you mean actually like, like how you do yours? You, yeah. You, so you like rows on there and at the very end of the show, you just pop those last few. Well, no, 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 not, e- not even that. So like what, I guess what I'm saying, if you, if you have, um, you, you have that cake in front of you, right. And, and you intend to use the cake, or every single row except for that finale row. Like you want to shoot that finale row as a, a poor man's time. as a poor man's slice and not, you know, deconstruct it and use it as single shots. Right, right. How do you guys what physical means will you guys use to brace that slice when you have deconstructed right. the cake? As I guess my question. So I specifically, if I'm pulling out the individual tubes, I will actually tear that off of the off of the each row of the slice and make individual shots, just like a common in mine. And it's a tube; it's going in my craker rack, right? Yeah. But then I still have in that particular cake. The last row is that instant slice. I will use that as a slice. I'll resupport it with tape, glue, whatever I need to, attach it to another slice or cake, and you know, just just retape it all back together. And then I'll punch where the fuse was. I'll I'll poke it, and then I'll put a match directly into it, just like an e port. And I will use that as a slice and I will mark it with the label pre-label it. I'll mark it with this is instant mine. So I don't lose track of where that is when I'm prepping it. 
Yeah, because when they get pulled apart, like you lose all sense of labeling on just about all of those, unless you throw your your actual show labels on top of it. Anything I don't use, I'm labeling the tube, I'm labeling the slice so I know what it is for future reference. Yeah, I got a whole box of stuff that I'm like, just pieces of stuff. (laughs) Very similar to what he said, though. I'm a little more anal when I I get to those cakes I used to where I'm using everything singly except for like that last row. You are. Most of the cakes, they have a piece of cardboard that's, I guess we call it glued on there. I wouldn't really call it glue. I pull out the hot glue gun and I'll make that thing as solid as possible. Because once I start ripping it, it. I'm, I'm too scared to... Just let it flop around like that because yeah, I've already. Right. And by the time you destroy it, anyways, it's flopping. <laughs> I don't think there's hardly ever any shortage of um, loose cardboard that you can't use all. to uh, nope. you know, use that as additional reinforcements cardboard, for structural glue, integrity. Foil tape, paper tape, whatever it takes to make it strong again. Right. I've made my own slice actually that I. Sh- Hopefully we'll get to test here pretty soon. I took a bunch <laughs> of tubes from slices that I had ripped apart and um, I made a pattern on shell sim and I'm like, oh, this looks this is cool. So we'll figure it out. We'll see if it looks good or not. Scott and Mike, are you, I hope you guys are listening. It's not for Scott. Over, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sack of I just shit. It, so. <laughs> but if it works out there, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, one in Rome. <laughs> it sounds like you guys will whether you're doing traditional single shots or whether you're doing um you know tearing apart case and using individual inserts as different creative angles and effects to put in craig code racks so when at what point do you guys typically configure your craig codes uh, day of, day of. As I'm doing it. So, okay. So you're doing, you're actually setting angles the day of the show on the so, racks. Correct. So I'll usually angle all my racks <clears throat> and then just grab that box. That's going with that and load that whole rack up hundred percent. So that way it's, it's done one on 100%. Cool. Besides now, do you do that for, do you out. do that for, I, I, cause I'd imagine, you know, obviously a Craigco rack when it's in its straight up configuration. I mean, that's the best way to transport those hands down. Cause that's like the, the issue that I've always run into. And I, I don't know that's necessarily a huge issue because I just, you know, I, I, I have 11 of those suckers to my name and they will wind up being used, but you know, I always find some place to put them, whether I throw them in dad's truck or in the back of the trailer, you know, they're always stacked on top of other things. And, but you know, when they're, crank down they're maintaining their angles really well right i think both you guys have tons more room uh to load you know racks and stuff uh, when it comes to transporting you guys have huge trailers and i just wish <laughs> you got a bigger truck than me so uh, yeah. <laughs> well yeah you got a big Actually, i got a big ass truck that i can't get in the back of because i'm too short <laughs> Oh my god! I I feel like I feel like you ever watch you ever watch professional wrestling when like the uh, it's the women's turn to wrestle and they come out and they're always like rolling under the bottom rope because they can never step over the top like uh, Andre the Giant or you know all the greats. That's me. (laughs) 
I don't watch wrestling. Sorry. <laughs> you and your dad bring up all the wrestling jokes, and I never <laughs> remember like, oh, who that is. This is a lot of these losers. They they watch professional wrestling. 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 So, so back on the product prep, it was more of an explanation of really us trying to explain. We all three do it entirely, well, not entirely different, but similar, but different. But it's what works for you, Bo. It's what works for you, Jamie, and what works, you know, for me and my setup and my, and how I can remember things. Like it becomes, you know, repetition. You know, if you constantly do it that way, you won't ever forget anything. And if you do forget something, it's because you stepped out of your norm. Yeah. Yeah. You've created a process and a workflow that tends to mirror or work well with like your design architecture, you know, your design architecture comes out and then you've just got a way of constructing it and building that, that tends to, it makes sense for, you know, your shoot sites. It makes sense for your transportation and logistics to those shoot sites and your storage, whether you have access to it well before the show or you've managed try to manage it the best you can the week of the most important takeaway is figure out what kind of workflow um, setup workflow makes sense for how you do things right and how your how your site's laid out you know how your how your design kind of dictates and what your what your situation dictates so can I give like one example of of something that we do that's kind of different that is I mean, it works for you. That's how it's fine. It's again, it's your way. It's my way. So like, I think we discussed this before when I was down at your show in 21, uh, the racks were loaded with the match in it, you know, ready to go in the tube. And then once someone got a hold of that rack, they just started punching down and, and, and plugging in. And where for me, I do the rack, I load the rack of all the effects, but then I don't throw a match into it until I'm ready to land it. So that way I know it's a hundred percent done. Does that make sense? Do you so remember that? like, well, yeah, but then you're, you're touching it twice, right? So are you, Well, not really. I mean, my match is sticking right out of the side of the chamber. Yeah. So, but, I mean, by touching it, you mean I'm putting my, my putting my it, tiny little hand over top of it to hold it from, everywhere from pulling it out. Oh, that's fine. I'm happy. I'm okay with that being a pain in your ass. We should race one time. <laughs> I am Just totally okay with that. Being, well, it's, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about how fast it gets done. You know, I have a hard time getting you to pump the brakes on any shoot side because you go in like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog mode. It's like, slow down. We got, we got four days, man. I think it depends on four freaking days slow down i think it depends on when you're doing your actual shoot you know in bo's circumstance it was no it's just what he's used to you know what i mean and that's fine that's not and i don't so i i don't even know that i would say you know because even afterward you know even after us having that discussion i look at it and i go you know i pull that product out of the box and i put a label on it I hand it off to you know Nick or whoever's doing uh, or Jamie or you know whoever's with me doing matching. Put a match in it, and then it goes into a box or it goes into the rack. The year that you guys were there, it was even easier than that because I, we took it straight from. We eliminated the step of putting it like aside into a tiny pile with all of the rest of the ones that go with that rack, and then you guys just ran them out to the rack that they belonged in. And at that point, they just got you found the angle that was set 
popped it in. And then it's sitting there for, you know, the next step, which is a little later on, which is, you know, slats get allocated to it. And then, you know, you punch down as you go. But like all of those, all the wires, I mean, the three foot leaders that I'll typically get for uh, single shots when they go in, you know, and the way that that stuff's wrapped, usually I've always been like a twister. I'll take that and just give it like one little twist and then make sure it's set in the launch chamber of the Craigco rack, the Mincom with the leader in the optimal spot to pull that toward, you know, wherever your slat setup is. We work from the audience's perspective almost a hundred percent of the time. I think all three of us do that. Take those, take those leaders and then pull them toward you. The one thing that I did pick up from you was config. Like I was configuring my Craigco racks backwards, right? And, and when I say backwards, I mean, I would put my extreme angles on the, the back, back of the rack. Yeah. I would put those in the back of the rack and I would always work forward. And I never thought to do it the other way. And even when I, like, even when I would hit those points where I had those short leaders and I was like, Oh shit, I wish I had just, you know, a, you know, a, a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I just like, had an extra inch. That's what she said. Oh, <laughs> I wish I had an extra inch to just kind of, you know, put this in, but it's like, and, so I, I learned that from you and that's helped out substantially because it, it does truly give you a little more leeway um, and a little extra match. And I also learned from Jamie, which I need him to kind of recap me on here this year because I'm definitely not fresh on it. The configuration in finale for wire management, right? Because I think there's a way that you can configure the racks when when you do your sub positioning in finale to result in a, a, a very cleanly punch down landing sequence, right? To your slat. Right. You can um in finale you can set up Closer. your angles where it where it puts them in a in in an order so you can have all your extreme angles in the front and they just slowly go down as you come back. Um like for me, I use 36 shot racks. I have two 18 M's. I have one on the left, one on the right. So all my negatives are on one side, all my positives on the other. And all my extreme angles are as close as a slot as possible to keep the three foot uh, firewire as usable as possible. Um, the other thing is, is we're not all using slats. We might use some modules. So everybody's setup is going to be a little bit different. Um, you know, like you're usually setting up racks within a day or so of you shooting because that's when you do all your prep work. Um, myself and a lot of AJ's prep work is done a week or two in advance. So we will, I personally set up my racks and then I will set all my product in there. And I don't want the match in there until I really, really have to have it in there. Um, so because of that, I'll do my matching, you know, a few days before that way it's stored in my trailer and I don't have match product in there for two or three weeks. Um, so I set my product in the racks and then I come back through and match everything. But yes, in finale, you can set up what order stuff is actually set up in the racks to shorten your fire wire that's actually a really good idea i never thought about trying to figure out a way to address it so that all the lefts are on one channel and all the right or all the negatives are on one channel all the positives are on another channel that would actually help out tremendously 
Yeah, Jamie Jamie blew my mind with it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think just it was blew my mind. I'm like, that's a that's a really good idea. Yeah. Last, last year was less crisscrossing wire to just it just makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, the, uh, Jamie. I had to use it thanks, on the wheel. Buddy. The wheel was pretty important. <laughs> 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 144 shots on one wheel with 472 or 272 M's was uh, a lot of wire management. Yeah, I remember. Remember, Bo? So do I. Yeah. It was beautiful. That was horrible. Every bit of it went, though, brother. (laughs) Yours was a rat's nest. Mine was beautiful. It didn't matter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but that's something else, I guess. Oh, wait, did you get first place? Is, I'm just saying. No, no. Good job. Good job. Didn't. I don't know. Scott and Mike might give you a run this year. So, oh, definitely. But we're not I talking might about be that on right Scott now. or Mike's team this year. <laughs> don't give depends. me anxiety anymore, right? <laughs> uh, I'm going to be on whoever team's winning this year. So, oh, I'm taking applications. <laughs> Wow. Just hey, well, I don't know. Maybe uh, halfway through, depending on how AJ treats you, halfway through, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll see you wearing a Top Gun T-shirt. Well, you know, yeah, the same. well, if you, you know, you hook up with Mike, he can get you good deals on UPS and uh, <laughs> give you some flying lessons. <laughs> Scott and get you some great deals through uh, what is it? FFD. There you go. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I know uh, he's got connections with fishing. Yeah, and here. what can you do? Me? What do you bring to the um, table? I'm still trying to decide what team I'm on. I'm a, I'm a plumber. I hold the oh, most knowledge yeah, of anybody true. ever. And you already replumbed my house, so I guess I owe you. I'm obligated. Hey, I, I, I went down to Scott's house too and did some plumbing there too. What's well, well, so bad? <laughs> is he, obli- is he obligated to, to not give 100% effort in September now? <laughs> Bo's in charge of color management. <laughs> He'll give a hundred percent. Always gonna. I, I have a I funny. Yeah, buddy, that just ain't gonna look project. right. I want to swap on this one with that one. Uh, let's see what we got here. Okay, we got about uh, we got about six minutes left, boys. What uh, what else do you think we have not hit here? And when I say six minutes, I probably mean five, uh, because we're really coming down to it, and I don't want to cut it close. So, um. What do you, what else do you figure we're missing for product, product prep? prep? I don't know. So I, I think we really mainly covered it all. It's just, you know, each one of us gave us our example of how we set our product prep. Like, like for instance, I, I said, I, I know cakes that I get ahead of time before I even put them away or stack them. They're pre-prepped. I pulled all the fuses, row fuses. I put tape on them, punched them down, ready to go. So I just pull that box and, it's ready to go because I know I will always use those as slices. And if I use them as singles, well, I already pulled a row few, So what's the matter? That's right. If you're anything like me and my dad, you probably keep a tiny little Ziploc bag full of all the row fuse. Cause you oh, just no. never, you just never no, know when you're going to need it. For, oh, that's right. Kid, that's true. You make them for the kids and throw them that's on the fire right. in the backyard. That's right. They love them. <laughs> actually do you remember that video i sent you I of Jason? he's like it's, really oh, look, it's a fuse bomb and he got done he's like and there's a fire inside <laughs> 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 i love my pyro little kid <laughs> <laughs> until he finds right. the keys 
until he finds the keys, right? And then he's good. Then you're going to have one less minivan. Yeah. <laughs> one less minivan. I've seen the way that kid drives the video game. No, I was talking about the keys to the, to the vault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's this? The keys to the vault. Yeah, the vault. That's what oh, we call it. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, Jamie, you got, any, uh, you got any last nuggets? Last nuggets. Planning ahead before you finalize your route for wire management is very important. For product yeah. prep. <laughs> you just said you hated my tiny little wires. So, you know, I thought for sure you wouldn't, you know, ask a question that sounded like it ended in a question mark. Here's a good one though. I got, it just popped in my head. Actually. I think I was Uh-oh. listening to someone talk about this online. Uh, product prep, making sure that if you're punching nine on the boards to make sure you're, or when you do any punching, Make sure you feel that crunch. Make sure you know you're in that lift section because where that hole is doesn't mean that the man poked it in the right spot. You might have to go down or to the side or something to make sure that you're hitting the right yeah, area. Please, think- for the love of God, keep the shroud on there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, like the, the no ab thing, I mean, we're definitely running up against the clock here, but you know, like real quick on the no ab thing, I think there's, there is product floating around out there that they have basically confirmed. Um, the, the lift is in a lift cup inside, uh, inside the mortar on the no ab, which I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I guess they used, they used to manufacture those things with that lift you know, sitting in that chamber so you could physically feel it. Now, what I've, what I've typically done in situations where I can't feel anything while I'm in there, that's what she said. I will take, <laughs> I will take like, um, you know, like fast, like fast fuse or just like some of that leftover fuse. And I will just jam as much in there as I can to ensure that when that match goes, the fire is going to go right. And something is going to take fire, um, enough to where, whatever leader or primer is hanging out in that chamber will, you know, whatever's going to increase the, the odds of it taking the pass fire. Oh yeah. That's definitely good advice too. I didn't think about mentioning and adding the fuse or anything. Bag of match. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, there we go. Product prep. Tell your friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are killing me in this chat, man. <laughs> you guys are killing me in this chat.